trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's time Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is our other face- faithful but slightly under the weather host, Rich Hi there, Rich I felt better Yeah, but you're still here and that's good that's really yep. good. It's better uh, than not being here. Oh, it's way better than not being here. I, I can't even begin to describe it. But I'm glad you're here because we have what I think is going to be a super exciting show tonight because we have a fantastic guest. Now, you folks out there in listener land may not know this man by sight, and you may not even know his name, but I can almost guarantee that you have seen his handiwork in action. So we are joined tonight by none other than Mr. Tim Shields of Cascade Games. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to talk with you guys. So for those who don't know, Tim, what is it you do? Well, you know, I uh, probably what's most relevant to your audience is I run tournaments. Um, I, I run tournaments either at conventions or Grand Prix level events for for game publishers. So and, you're in the big leagues. Uh, I, I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so when did you get involved? So you know, since you do not just magic, you do other 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 games as well, as I understand it. Uh, when was your earliest magic experience? So I, when I was, I went to college in Olympia, Washington and opened a comic book shop there because I am a huge, huge comic book fan. God and bless you. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it was awesome. Although the comic book market fell apart, it was really tough. And then one day one of my customers came in and showed me these cards, um, for this game that they were part of the playtesting. Ooh. And I was like, hey, that looks, that looks kind of cool. When it comes out, I, I need to, I need to check this game out. And of course it was magic. And so I ordered as much as I could and I didn't get very much alpha at all. And, you know, very, and, and, and it, we, it wasn't until, um, it wasn't really till unlimited that I got enough that I could actually start playing. But I, I started playing, um, I started really playing during unlimited. And I started running small store-based tournaments, uh, you know, about that, you know, in in, in that time. Mm-hmm. So we're talking '94-ish. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So long, long time. I uh, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, eventually, the 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 small store you left that behind and have have moved on to uh, let's call it bigger and better. So what I, what happened was, um, I wanted to keep going with school and i sold my store to my employees mm-hmm. and um and I eventually i ended up going to school and get a master's degree in seattle and while i was there um my now wife the, at that point fiance um uh we we both applied as a team to do a consulting project for wizards of the coast mm-hmm. and over a over a long series of interviews, we, our first interview was, you know, they they needed some help, you know, part-time help for a couple of weeks. And by the time we were done interviewing, uh, they were asking for a year-long commitment. And so I ended up working at Wizards for a couple of years. Oh, fantastic. And what, if I may ask, what was your role there at Wizards? Sure, sure. So this is, so I came on board 
um, right before, just to put this in context, uh, right before, well, it was actually, no, it was a couple days, but at the time I signed up, it was just right after Chronicles had come out. Mm-hmm. And Wizards of the Coast was really excited about this crazy idea that no one had really done before called organized play. Ooh. And so I started out, um, as a project manager, for uh I don't know if you guys remember it, but we did a we did a league for magic called the Arena League. Mm-hmm. And I was the project manager and that ended up being a global league for magic that, that ran for many years. And then I moved from that to help them open up the their their big flagship retail um in uh you know in the game center. And after that, um, and that whole time I was also going to school and I eventually went, left Wizards to go pursue my degree and, you know, to pursue my, the field of my degree, which is psychology. So I, I left Wizards and moved back down to Portland, but I still had this magic bug. And so I, I, um, I opened up another store and I started, and I was running a lot of small store based events. And eventually there became an opening to run, um, run pre-releases and PTQs. And so I did that and it just kind of grew from there. Right. Yeah. I, you know, that, Clues. that magic bug never goes away. Clues. Yeah. He might be too fancy to be on our show. Yeah. I, I know he, he might be out of our league. Don't tell him that. I don't think he'll <laughs> notice. It'll be fine. I am not a fancy person. I promise. But I, I. Oh, well, you just listed some credentials and I beg to differ, sir. Well, you know what? Um, I it, it certainly wasn't my intention to tell credentials. It just that's just kind of how the uh, how it all it all turned out. But you know, I never thought that magic like I didn't think that events were going to turn out to be as big as they could possibly be. You know, I I didn't I knew that magic was was awesome and I liked it. But I had no idea any of this was going to happen. And it's just, it's just been a crazy wild ride. And the whole, you know, most of the reason I went, I kept going with school is I just couldn't believe that gaming was going to be a place where a person could actually make a living and support their family. Yeah, that's, so, that's not a career. You've got to do a real, quote unquote, real job. Exactly. And that's what my mom said. <laughs> I, I believed that, right? I thought that would never work. Comics would never work, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that, that gaming is just awesome and getting more and more awesome all the time. Yeah, so you've you've been involved in organized play for quite some time now. You you were ground floor of organized play, honestly speaking. So I feel like and and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I feel Probably. like tournaments really I guess turned a corner when it really kind of exploded. I feel like one of the milestones might have been GP Charlotte in let's Absolutely. say 2013. When, uh, so I was at that event, and just to tell, to retell a little story there, uh, we showed up for that event, and it was as if a small GP showed up the day of the event to sign up. They had like yeah. eight, 800 extra people just showed up Saturday morning. And that, dear listeners, is why you can no longer register day of, cause we, we can't do that. That just doesn't That's, work. And, and I should give it, you know, all credit to where it's due, right? Star City has done an amazing job at helping this grow. And Charlotte was, was just, it was, it was incredible. Now, after, you know, after Charlotte with, with what was the first Vegas, 
because we hit the cap, we had to, um, you know, we, we, we realized that, you know, okay, so we hit the cap. Um, we've got all, we can get all these folks into the computer and have, you know, have the splits done and just be ready to go. And it worked so well that everybody, you know, other TOs, wizards, everybody was like, Hey, we're kind of onto something here. And now, I mean, I know it's a bummer for people when they, you know, we always get a few people who show up Saturday morning and, and who want to play and want to register that day. But, you know, we used to have all kinds of crazy things go wrong with the software and have, you know, hour long, sometimes even longer delays. And now, and now with, with no Saturday registration, we more or less, you know, within a few minutes start on time. Yeah. And that is so, I, I love that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, we we accidentally just stumbled upon the next next topic we should talk about here. So for those who don't know, Tim was one of the man men behind the scenes. Well, one of the nice people. There were lots of men and women involved with, in this endeavor. It was a huge True. endeavor uh, for the original Modern Masters GP Vegas the first time around. Uh, and that was I, I don't think anybody really knew what that event was going to be like until it actually happened. Because as I recall, uh, pre-regs were pretty good, pretty good, and then he just kept going up and up and up and up. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, when, you know, just a few months before the before the event, I had a planning meeting um, where we, we got all of the head judges together, um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the key folks for the logistics, and we were trying to figure out what the attendance number was going to be. And I, you know, I was like, well, I've got space for 4,000, maybe a little bit more. And everybody, including me, probably mostly me, thought that number was crazy. The, if, if, if at that point we had to have bet, we would have bet 2,000. I mean, Vegas is a great destination, but it, it's in the middle of the desert. It's not like there's close population centers. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, we just, we didn't think that many people were going to be willing to travel. And clearly I was wrong about that. Yeah. And I mean, to put it in context, uh, prior to Vegas, Charlotte was the biggest, right? And Absolutely. Was, and that was only what, 27? Yeah. I, I don't remember the exact number, yeah, but, but it was, it was like right it. around there. Sure. So, yeah. you know, if, if you had taken, you know, just about anybody in the know aside and said, Hey, what do you think Vegas is going to be? You go, eh, I don't know. Maybe they'll crack 3000. Maybe. Maybe they'll be pushing 4,000, but no, we smashed 4,000. And, and yeah. We actually, so in Vegas, like there were, there were really two big tournaments, right? We did a mini master tournament. So a free entry tournament on Friday and then the main event on Saturday and the mini master. So the free event, you know, get a pack, add some land, play. That event was actually bigger than Charlotte. I mean, we, we did a couple, we did, it was just, it was insane. We have um, sides bigger than your GP. Well, and, and Charlotte was an amazing accomplishment. And, and the, the first, you know, the, the little tournament that we do to warm things up and have people have fun, um, you know, and start the day that, that set the record briefly for one day. Yeah, then, just, just the one day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so before we get deep into talking about a few GP Vegas 1 stories, 
Uh, from a logistical, from a TO standpoint, when you're planning, let's, let's say that, uh, you need to plan a GP. Okay, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, I, I don't know, uh, GP, uh, uh, Chapel Hill. Why not? So, how far ahead do you actually have to start preparation for that? As early as I possibly can. And I, and I'm not trying to be flip about that. So, the more time I have, I mean, if I could plan these two or three years out, I would, I would be, I would be so happy because the more time you, the more lead time, the, the better your venue is going to be. So, cause you'll, you may have choices at this point though, with Grand Prix, they're so big in most metropolitan areas. We just, you know, there's only one venue that can hold it, but right. uh, it gives us the, the more lead time, it gives us better leverage for negotiating with hotels to, um, to get a better rate for, for the attendees. There's so many things that, you know, the more time is the better. But if you're asking how much time do we actually have, it, it usually is somewhere between six months, six months, maybe in a few cases a year, but six, nine months is probably about average. Okay. So for the most part, then it feels like when players know that a GP is going to be happening, you've only just started making well, that happen. So it, again, it, it really, so how, so I guess I should say it really depends. And, and Wizards of the Coast comes to us and says, Hey, we would like a GP in a particular state within a particular date range. Go see what you can find in terms of, uh, in, in term, in terms of venues and can you make this work? Mm-hmm. And when they do that, um, you know, they're, they're doing it at a, a year at a time. And so some of them are, you know, the ones that are going to be earlier in the, in the year are actually quite short timelines, right? And then, right. and if it's, if it falls, um, well, I mean, like GP Seattle Tacoma, I've you know, I've known about for you know I've, I've known about and been able to work on that for about a year and a half lead time from the event. But for some others, you know, there's there have been GPs where where it's only you know where it's six months or or less with um you know we since I I partner with Channel Fireball in doing in doing Grand Prix and we had a couple you know we had an unusual circumstances and GP and, and a couple GPs were added on very short notice. Right. So the, the, the shortest it's been for me is probably 60 days and the longest has been a year and a half. Okay. And Hey, uh, speaking of that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you guys have a couple now overseas GPs coming up. So yeah, Liverpool. Um, so we just did live, we just did Liverpool, um, which, which was a, I think it went very, very well, very pleased. Um, and then Copenhagen is coming up as well. And although we've, we've got a little, little event in Vegas, we have to, yeah, just that little thing we gotta knock that puppy out. But both, but Copenhagen seems like it's, it's on track and, and, and coming along pretty well. Right. Uh, okay. So let's, let's talk some of the, the logistical things that you then have to do. So when a, when a TO, you know, t- I think to a lot of players, a TO is a nebulous thing that did something. They don't care what. <laughs> sure. sure they, they just show up. But, but there are a lot of, there's a lot of hard work you guys got to put in before, you know, even before people book their airfare to a place. Oh, yeah. Cause you've got to get a venue. And like you said, in a lot of cases, your venue is somewhat constrained. 
uh, just because these events are getting so darned big. Uh, you've got to line up uh, judge staff. You've got to line up uh, any product that needs to be brought in. You've got to line up, uh, you know, a hotel block for your staff. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of what what other kinds of things do you try and do? And you don't have to list sure. all of them. But no, I mean, no, just no, no. The, big I, just, the big ones. OK, the first one, the hardest thing we do um, that we just agonize over is what's the likely attendance number going to be? Right. And we're trying to predict. You know, we're in many cases we're doing cities that that haven't had a grand. If if you say post Charlotte's the modern era of, of Grand Prix, and we and you say um, what's the attendance going to be? Well, in most cases, nobody's done an event in that format in that city post Charlotte, mm-hmm. and so we're trying to. Figure out what attendance is going to be, what's a comparable city and, you know, and a comparable format. What do we think the health of the format's going to be? How excited are people going to be? And, and really we're, we're, we're trying to just predict the future because we're trying to figure out how popular is a, is a set going to be long before that set's released and we haven't seen any of it. So, right. So we, we come up with an attendance number. And then we try and find a venue that's going to hold that number, and that's getting harder and harder, right? Mm-hmm. It's just – and the, I don't ever want to have an event where I have to turn people away, but, um, but you know, it's, it's getting harder to find – it's getting harder to find the venues that are, that are of, of the right size. Yeah, I, and, I fear that the day is coming oh, when no, it, it coming. will just be, look, this is our number. We know not everybody's going to be able to make it. Sorry. Well, I think it's going to – and – and this isn't a great thing, but I think that the truth of it is just like, you know, rock concerts sell out when, you know, go see a movie. The movie theater only has so many tickets and it and then it sells out. And that is and that's what it is. I believe that's going to if magic keeps growing, I think we're going to have to start having that happen more and more often. And it, it, well, in Grand Prix Denver, this um this you know new year's weekend we came ex- we we hit the cap and then we were able to add just a little bit of space and squeeze in some tables and chairs but you know we hit the cap the day before the event and then we have this dilemma we know that there's a bunch of players who want to come to the event who are in transit who haven't bought their tickets right and or you know they they haven't bought their entry they've already bought their airplane tickets and we don't know how many there are is it 100 is it 50 is it 500 and we're trying to add space and and the last thing i want to do is turn somebody who's mid travel away but and in that case we were able to squeeze everybody in um and also you know, from my, I, I try and save a little room for side events, but if you hit the cap the day before, most of those players who would miss out because, you know, because you've capped out, they're probably coming to, if, if they can't be in the main, they'll probably come to play sides, and that just moves my problem from one part of the room to the other. Right. If I don't have enough space in main, I'm not going to have enough space in sides. And so we, we got lucky then. But but the days of, of Grand Prix, you know, of register the, you know, the day or for that matter, register the week is, you know, I, I think those are limited. Yeah, definitely. OK, so now we found a venue. Theoretically, okay, so, we've we've so come we, up with a number that we pulled out of the ether and we've found a venue. What's next? 
So the next thing we do is we contact the head judge if if that's been picked yet. And Wizards, Wizards of the Coast actually picks the head judges and that's its own you know balancing thing because because it because the head judges do so much work for grand prix that the uh, that the players never see. And so they're doing a lot of work and so Wizards has to balance out in you know you can't have a head judge work say back to back weekends or anything close to that because they need so much prep time. Mm-hmm. So Wizard signs us assigns us a head judge and we open up a staffing window and, and use um and use an app the judge community has created to start recruiting judges. And up till now, typically we have more judges apply to work an event than we can actually accept. And so we have a we have a, a difficult process of deciding who do we who can we accept for this event who do we ha- absolutely have to accept and then you know and and how do you balance that because if if there's a local judge who's a favorite with the players you know we definitely want to include them on the other hand we need a certain number of staff that we've worked with many times so that we can ensure quality and keep the keep the event moving mm-hmm. And so, so we, we get the staffing process moving, um, create it, you know, create a web page and try and come up with a, try and come up with the one thing that's going to be exciting about that event. Right. And, um, so for instance, with, um, I can't actually tell you all of it, but for, um, for both San Diego and then Grand Prix Seattle, we're working on we're we're, um, we're working with Ultra Pro to come up with with something that uh, that nobody's seen before mm-hmm. uh, as I, as a special I have problem. my own theories about that, but okay, all right. So yeah, well, I mean, I I think I hinted a bit by saying which company, but yeah. you know, so for each event, you want to come up with something. I mean, because Grand Prix, the experience, there's a lot in common from one to the other, and that's that's appropriate because after all. It's not my Grand Prix, it's Wizards of the Coast Grand Prix and the Players Grand Prix. So, but I want to do everything I can to bring folks in. And so I try and come up with something that's going to be a, a, a neat, fun twist on it while keeping the, uh, you know, keeping the core of the Grand Prix the same, you know, the same experience players expect, but then come up with something fun. And so, so we do that and we spend quite a bit of time and it's, it's a team of, I have, I have myself and then, there's three other people working full time with me, um, working on the logistics and the planning and the marketing and all of that for Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's it's a fairly large effort. So speaking of the value add, because uh, sure. that's that's really what we're talking about here. What sets this event apart? Uh, so one big draw at a lot of GPs these days are artists. You bet. Uh, how does that work? Do you seek out the artists? Do you advertise that, hey, artists, do you, or do you hear from artists that say, hey, I'd like to be a part of a, a GP, let me know? I mean, how does that relationship work? Sure. And I should say, I should be super clear when I say this, I'm, you know, I'm talking about how I do it and how, you know, since John Sasso of Channel Fireball and I work together on these, this, this is how we approach it. Other TOs do this differently, but I, Got into magic. I, I mean, I saw the art and fell in love with the art before, before I fell in love with how, you know, how the game is played. Clearly the game's brilliant, but I'm a, you know, I'm a comic book and art geek and I, um, and, and so for me, having a lot of artists is important to me personally. And so what we do is if there's a playmat picked, 
the first thing we do is try and reach out to the artist whose art is on that play mat mm-hmm. and invite them to come to the event. Um, just, just that's, that's step one. And then what we do, we've got, an, we've got a list and usually Wizards is kind enough to let us know who the, who the artists are going to be a little bit before it's announced publicly. And we go out and we contact as many of the artists as we can fit into the floor plan. And typically for us over the last couple of years, you know, on the low side, it's maybe six artists and on the high side, you know, at a typical GP, 12 or 15. Cause again, I really like having artists. Vegas, um, going to be a little bit different. At this point, we've confirmed 30 artists. So wow. So yeah, absolutely. So we're, we, we have, I mean, I, I can't say whether or not at some convention somewhere they've had more magic artists at one time. I, I don't know, but it's, it's certainly the biggest artist alley of magic artists I've ever heard of. Yeah. And that's going to be, I mean, there's like, you know, I was saying for a GP, you try and figure out one thing, one hook, one special thing that's going to be awesome. Vegas just has so many of them that, uh, but, but for me, you know, I was having a conversation with one of the artists who's like, well, do you think, uh, do you think 30 is going to be too many? Are we going to, are we going to be sitting there and be bored? And I'm, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen because really Vegas is, is the equivalent of two and maybe three GPs at the same time. So, uh, so I think you guys are going to be pretty busy. And since pre-reg is over 4,000, I, I, with, with a good amount of time to go, I think they're going to be super busy. Yeah. All right, so now we have, we've got our venue, we've got our judge staff shaping up, we've got some value add. Uh, what are the kind of the last minute worries? I, I know oh. for me, it's, uh, it's chairs and tables, but. So, so for, I, we, I used to be able to have that be a last minute thing, but it just, does, it can't be anymore because, well, I mean, for, for, again, for Vegas, right? Trying to come up with, um, with enough tablecloths that are that are color coded or enough tables or enough chairs you know that's got to be locked down way 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 in advance um for for me the last minute things are are last minute social media um last minute is um is is trying to adjust uh looking at you know looking at fixing you know really at the last minute all of the plans have to be in place months in advance. And so the last minute stuff is really reacting when things inevitably break. You know, when, when it turns out for the first Grand Prix Vegas, when it turns out that the hotel that I had arranged for everybody, you know, for the, a room block and for all the, all the judges and artists to stay at, the hotel went out of business. So I, I was trying, I was scrambling and trying to find you know, housing for everybody, um, the same weekend that the world's largest rave is, is being held. In <laughs> oh, rave. that's right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's, so last minute, it's all about, um, it's, it's all about, you know, what went wrong, you know, again with Vegas. Oops. We had a little shipping problem and I've got, you know, the Friday, the, the Friday of the event, you know, I've got a couple thousand people ready to play 
and the product hasn't arrived yet and I'm sweating bullets, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to pause you right there sure. and I'm I'm going to tell a little bit about that story, uh at least from my perspective. I know there there are certain details of the story that we're just going to leave out and that's just fine, but I can I can tell you how it worked for me. So, uh I was on staff for Vegas 1 and it was an amazing event. It was it was incredible. I came in early and I was helping with setup and I recall moving the chairs to at least three different locations during my shift alone because we, we, we set them up and then we're like, well, this doesn't work. We've got too many people. We've got to rearrange them. We moved the chairs again. So we we're doing all that. And all day long, uh, everybody's wondering, Hey, where, where's the product? Cause the, <laughs> right. the original plan was that starting like Wednesday, cause it was a sealed right. tournament, of course, starting Wednesday, we would start prepping the product so that you come bet. Saturday, it would all be ready. Cause we've got a God awful amount of product to do. And Wednesday goes by and there's no product. And right. Thursday goes by and there's no product. And sometime, I think during the day on Thursday, we heard the rumor that the product had been located, but it was not in this state that due to an error, it had been shipped elsewhere. And it would be coming in. They swear it will be here. We promise. And I had heard that you took a poll among the judges to find out if anyone had a license to operate a forklift. And you put them on call so that as soon as that shipment came in, they could help mo- get the stuff off of off of the truck. And it was actually a little bit, little bit uh, worse than that. It turns out the product actually hadn't moved out of the warehouse. Oh, and so, and it was after business hours, so it was, I probably found out five-ish, 4.30, 5 o'clock, something like that, um, that the product was on the East Coast. And I was like, okay, no problem, let me see, and I, I my initial plan was, can I hop on an airplane with one other judge who can, you know, who can drive a truck, we just pick it all up, and we just do a convoy. But okay. it turned out... It turned out even driving 24 hours, you know, driving all through the night, we would not have, we had, we, we wouldn't have made it even by Saturday. So, um, so that plan didn't work. And, uh, and yeah, Wizards of the Coast was it, actually, you know, let me, let me just put this, I think the, the way that I think is most impactful. Okay. I sometimes talk to people who are upset, you know, with organized play or, or prizes or whatever, right? There's a various reasons why people are disgruntled. And they say to me, Wizards of the Coast doesn't care, blah, blah, blah. And now I have the best example in the world that Wizards of the Coast clearly cares. It's that, you know, it's after business hours. Um, it's, and I need this product at noon for, for this mini master tournament. And Wizards of the Coast could have said, Hey guys, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll mail it out to you. We're going to switch this to a different format or something like that. Right. And what they did instead was they rented a jet in the middle of the night. So they found, they found a pilot and a jet long after business hours and they air freighted it out, but they couldn't actually take it. The, the jet, there's no air freight coming of, of there's no pallet. You can't take a pallet off an airplane in the Vegas airport. So it had to go to Los Angeles. So they flew it from, from the warehouse on the East Coast to, um, to Los Angeles. And they, and they had a driver waiting on the tarmac to drive it from LA to Las Vegas. And it arrived roughly 30 minutes, maybe at 45 minutes. We had it unloaded and ready to go just minutes before the first tournament was begin, was scheduled to begin. Wow. And, and it was 
their commitment to organ to to that tournament and organized play in general was just amazing. I mean, it was it was it was astounding. I have no idea how they did that or even what was involved in it, but I know it was uh, it was it was an amazing effort. Watsi will literally move mountains if they have yeah. to, and, and that was a mountain of of, of modern masters packs. Oh god, I saw it when it oh, was yeah. first wrapped when the when the pallet came in, and I've got to tell you, listeners, oh, to see that much modern masters in just box after box after box, just loaded, uh, it was it was incredible. Well, and the and to make it even more complicated. There was no, uh, no loading dock at that venue, right? We, right. We, and so, and we were not able to get a truck with a lift gate. And so, and the folks who do the forklift at the facility had, you know, weren't going to be on site all day. And so that's why the call went out to one of my judges who luckily had his forklift certification. Otherwise we were going to have to hand unload that, that, that freight truck. In it which was, case we would still be there. Oh yeah, it would. It was. It was pallets and pallets. It was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. Okay, so we have our product. We have our tournament ready. So uh, GP Vegas itself, the first GP Vegas, I think was just off off the charts as far as uh, uh, a size of an event, uh, the logistics of an event. Uh, I, I know we had we had some some bumpy rides on on Friday. Uh, trying to absolutely. get everything squared away, and I think we'll all admit that. Oh, sure, absolutely. And you know what? I should actually jump in and 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 be proactive about that. That was the last tournament that you know I I didn't I didn't understand just how many people were going to come, and we did that. We had been doing for years, you know, the first X number of people through the door, you know, get a get a special playmat. And frankly, it was designed. For the people, so that people who really cared about a playmat could come and get their playmat, and the people who didn't care, um, you know, they who didn't, it wasn't a priority, you know, they didn't care, so it was fine. Well, we had this really cool Chris Rand playmat, and I, I, I tried to get as many of them created as possible, but we, we ran out of time, and so I don't remember the exact number of the print run, you know, it was more than a thousand, and I couldn't imagine that we were going to have, even looking at the pre-reg number, I couldn't imagine that we were going to have a thousand people on site on Friday. And, and as soon as the product's arriving, I've got 30 or 40 judges in the back room prepping product for the next day, registering decks for people, um, and, and, you know, getting the logistics handled. And so we were short and this is all ultimately all on me. We were short on staff, and I should have found another way to get the playmats to people. And instead, we had the world's longest line. And the line literally went around the corner. And and never again are we going to make that many people stand in line. It's just, it, it's not the right way. It, it wasn't what I wanted to have happen. It was an oversight and planning. I didn't understand the scale of that event and how big that was going to be. And, but ultimately I just screwed up and, uh, and, and we're not going to do that one again. We've worked really hard since then to figure out ways to run Grand Prix where we try every way we can to eliminate the lines. All right. Great. That's, I was going to say, if we want to talk about lessons we can take away from the previous Vegas, that's probably a biggie. 
And, you know, and that's valid for everybody at every event, right? Every organizer, period, right? We should all be going through our events and trying to say, where are the lines and how can we get rid of them so that nobody has to stand in line? And so for the next, for next Vegas, let's, call, let's see, we call it Vegas two, right? Sure. Although technically there was one before that, but, um, at, 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 at the next Modern Masters, you can register for the main event. You can do it online and you can register for all of the scheduled side events and you can register for them online now. And so you don't have to stand in line. If you're for, for your play mat, for all of your goodies, for everyone that, that I've been able to figure out how to give people, you know, the, the special perks, they don't have to stand in line other than ironically, I still haven't figured out a way to, to give people all their VIP benefits without having to stand in line. So what we're going to do is we're going to just put a ton of people on that to try and make that go as fast as humanly possible. But, you know, what we figured out is for the main event, if, if instead of trying to have some people get playmats and some people not and trying to look that up, it's just it's too much work. So um, and it just slows things down. So what we do is we pre bag it and we've got a We've got a, a playmat for everybody in the bag. We've got their play materials, their their waiver. We've got everything ready to go. And so there's, of course, there's a little delay while we pass out product to everybody in the hall. But if we have an army of judges doing that, it actually goes relatively quickly. And it's sure better than standing outside on, on a Friday um, when what you can do is be inside, sit, seated in your chair and wait four or five minutes to get your product. Yeah, so I guess I guess the takeaway here for for folks coming to Vegas, and if you're not coming to Vegas, shame on you. You should come to Vegas. For folks coming to Vegas, the takeaway is the number one thing you can do to help out is to show up on time and be ready to go, so we can give you your stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to work really hard. I mean, I figure my part of this is, you know, I when I think about what, what worked well and what didn't work well in Vegas, as you said, lessons learned, okay? The main event actually went quite well from my perspective. And a lot of it is because we had everybody on the computer, we were ready to go, and we had put a lot of time into thinking through the logistics of the main event. Um, and, and, and we could see what the pre-registration what the demand was going to be at least, you know, a week in advance. And, and we had such awesome head judges working on it that, uh, that the main went quite well. My sense is that the side events were rougher. And the re, and from my point of view, the reason is we weren't able to anticipate demand. I didn't know if a, if a particular scheduled side event was going to be 20 players, 50 or 200 or, or even larger. And so what we're going to do this time and, and actually have already done is if the side events are, are the scheduled side events are live on, on, online right now and players who want to, who want to play in sides can register them for them. And so that way, if you want to play in a side, maybe you don't want to play in the main. Maybe you only want to play in sides. You can schedule them now. You can schedule your day to have it be however you want. We, we have not come up with a viable way to schedule eight player pickup events, right? There, right. those will just be on demand. But, but for what I can control, I think I have, and we've given, and, and people are going to know that, okay, this event is full, and so we're not going to be able to take registration for that, but register for the next one. So I guess the other part of it is, 
we, we have a good schedule. We have caps, attendance caps where we say that's the number and no more. And we have online registration up now for it. And I think that's going to be a really good combination. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, so let me ask you a venue question. So sure. the last Modern Masters in Vegas was uh, at, <clears throat> and I forget the name of the convention center, but it was kind of north of the Strip. It's Cashman Field. Yeah, Cashman so, Field. Yeah, it's a it's a big it's a it's a huge building that exists mostly. Uh, well, it's on the backside of the baseball stadium, and it's it, it's 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 an adequate facility. It's not amazing by any means. But it did have the virtue of being available, which is, which, you know, in the case of, of, of the Las Vegas tournament, there was a particular day. The mandate was, you've got to find a day on a particular weekend, go. And, and, you know, and that was what was available. This time, which I think is where you were going, we yeah. have a fabulous venue. Um, the Las Vegas Convention Center is as nice as any convention center I've been in. It's got all kinds of great amenities, including one of the things that didn't work last time. And, and frankly, you know, it's one of the things we really struggle with is how are we going to get, get food for, uh, for the players? And this facility has a food court built oh into it. My God. Really? It, the, the scale of this building is, it, I mean, for folks who want to look it up online, you, you really should. It is, it is crazy big. Um, we're going to have, space for 10,000 players plus sides and we're not we're not taking up even anywhere near the majority of the building um it has it's got its own food court just a few feet from the tournament area there's a sit-down restaurant there as well there's a starbucks right there um so there's all kinds there's there and and for that matter last time as i said before the hotel went out of business and it, the, no hotel Cashman Center just doesn't have hotels very close by. This one, you know, I don't know, what is it, 300 feet, maybe 400 feet from the back doors of the convention center to the, uh, to the hotel. So there's, yeah. there's a great hotel. And plus this one, you know, again, as you said, Cashman's a little removed from Vegas. This one, uh, the, the, the Las Vegas convention center is right on the strip. You know, they've got that, uh, that monorail. And there's a stop literally in front. You can just hop on and then you can go if you want to, you know, if you want to stay at Bellagio or Treasure Island or whatever, you can just take that, uh, that monorail up and down the strip to wherever you want to be. It's, it's, it's in terms of facilities, it's just so much better. Yeah. So this time we're right in the thick of things. Absolutely. Which I Absolutely. think is just going to be amazing. I it's, mean, it's, it's where everybody's going to want to be. It just yeah. Is. The the last one, it was in Vegas, but not really. I mean, you could right. you could go to the entire tournament, and it could be any convention, any town, right? right. And and this time, you, we're we're right in it. Yes. So yes. And again, last time, you know, we were we were competing with for space and you know hotels and everything else. Um, with with the electric daisy carnival right the yeah. the biggest rave in the world and this time we don't you know this time the date's on a better weekend and so uh and and las vegas is a town that's designed for conventions so there's a ton of awesome things and 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 you know and there's space available so i'm i'm really happy about that one as well all right so this time around better venue uh better planning 
more more realistic numbers, right? I mean, I think we have now moved to a point where people expect to pre-reg for these sorts of things. I I think players do. I I um I think players expect to pre-reg, and and what we're doing in terms of our planning is we're just planning for the cap, right? I'm not say I'm not playing this game where I'm like, hey, you know, what if we hit six thousand or whatever? Our planning is just Hey, we're going to, we're going to hit the cap and, and we're going to go for it. And so if we fall a little short, whatever, you know, I, I still think it's a, it will be a huge success regardless. I mean, I think 4,000 already is a huge success. Yeah. I was going to say but, we are now, we re- we're recording this show on Wednesday, April the 8th and GP Vegas is what? May 28th. Yeah. Is yeah. that and right? So, yeah. so, so we've, we'll, we've got almost two months to go and we've and, already hit 4,000. And probably more importantly, right, with with what Chiba just did, that was just astounding, right, to sell four thousand seats in a in a tournament on a single day, right? So yeah, so Chiba has sold out. Utrecht is at two thousand. We're at four thousand. So that means that you know that there's going to be ten thousand people playing Magic on the same you know on the same day. And I think I my belief is we're just getting warmed up. The, and the set hasn't been hasn't been released yet, right? So people have no idea just how awesome this is going to be. Yeah, right now we know three cards, right, right, that are in the set. That's it. That's all we know. And we already have ten thousand players signed up this minute to to play in tournaments worldwide that day. Yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, I think that um, I I think this is. I mean, again, I am I am as much an art fan is anything else, right? So I think just coming and hanging out with the artists, um, it's with 30 artists is in, in, in Vegas is just going to be amazing alone. But, but this, I'm confident wizards is going to make a great set. And then the, the amount of side events is, is just incredible. It's just, this is just gonna, I mean, it, wizards keeps talking about it in terms of making magic history. And for me, I, I think that's exactly what we're going to do. This is going to be this is going to be historic magic in a way that people are going to talk about for years. So talk to me a little bit about the the kinds of side events we're looking at. So we've got the main event is, of course, sealed modern masters. Everybody's very excited for it. You might have a great pool. You might have a terrible pool, but you're going to have fun. Some people are going to scrub out. Some people are going to say, hey, this pool is amazing, but I don't really want to play. So let's do some sides. What sorts of things do you have cooked up? Actually, I should say one thing first, which is which is a key part of this event when we were talking with Wizards of the Coast about, and, and again, I gotta, again, thank them so much for this, but when we're talking about this tournament, we're actually talking about two Grand Prix in Vegas. Because assuming we hit 5,000 players, which, you know, we're, I can't tell you when, but I'm, I am, I am now absolutely confident we're gonna hit 5,000. It actually uh, switch flips and it turns from being one GP to two GPs. And by that, I mean the prize pool doubles. So the prize pool doubles, the amount of pro tour invites doubles. It is, it, it actually will be two distinct GPs. Um, and so, so when we start talking about it, just know that it, it, the scale of this is, is so, um, it's going to be something that we've never seen before. So if, if I can ask logistically, so sure, it, it will, it will basically work like if we have 4,999 players, it is, single, it is a single. It is a single GP. If we have 
5,001 players, what we really have is two 2,500-player GPs. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. And so the GP splits into two GPs. Right now, internally for planning, we just refer to it as GPA and GPB. And, um, and, and, yeah, and you're, you're, you will be playing as a player, or in your case as a judge, you would be judging a GP, you know, you'll, you'll be doing, working on one side of the GP, um, and, you know, you'll be working GPA, which will be subdivided into, into flights, um, just for scorekeeping, scorekeeping reasons. But we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll have two, we'll have two distinct sections. And for our planning right now, um, it looks like those will be on, on opposite sides of the room, just for clarity with, with our side events in the middle. Okay, so here's that was going to be my next question: Is are we in the same room? Because I have been in events. Uh, GP Richmond, I think, is my most recent one that did this. Was that right, or was it the previous? No, I think it was. A, I think it was Richmond, where it broke into technically three events just for scorekeeping purposes, and two of them were in the main room, and it was a chaotic mess. And then one of them was in another ballroom that was upstairs and down the hall, and was the most beautiful space ever with carpeting and nice lighting and uh, it was quiet. And if you were on that event, it was amazing. And if you were in the main room, not so much. So uh, I know we've got plenty of space this time, but if it breaks into two, we're still going to have two basically in the same, the same. This, this it's hard to really express just how big this hall is. Okay. So the hall is, I mean, if you, if you think about it in terms of football football fields, it's several football fields long, and there is enough space for a four thousand person Grand Prix on so call it GPA on the right hand side, and then all the way down on the left hand side, it's a rectangular space. All the way down on the left hand side, is, again another four thousand. Actually, I'm sorry, it's five thousand. So five thousand on each side. So which we then will will subdivide. Because our scorekeeping software um, has limits on how large it can go, and there's just human limits on how quickly you can input data. So we have to have multiple scorekeepers, of course, because right. because it, we will it will turn out that most of the match results slips come in in the last couple minutes of the match, and no human being can enter in, you know, five thousand results slips in just a few minutes. Not so, even Nick, and he's not amazing. Even Nick, who's yeah. amazing. So we have. So what we'll do is we'll have four scorekeepers on each stage. Mm-hmm. And so, and each state, each, each, um, so let's say, uh, side A will be 5,000 players with each one divided into, essentially into a flight of roughly 1,250 players. Right. That's going to actually vary a little bit be, um, based on scorekeeper capacity. So a few of them will be slightly smaller. And, and a few will be slightly larger again, base, because because of just straight up the data entry speeds of the scorekeepers, because it is so hard to get though get all of uh all of those slips in in time. And then we're going to have one extra scorekeeper floating at each stage, who will who will be just there to provide relief and to to help out if anything starts to go wrong. Right. So we'll have redundancies built into it so that we can do our best to keep everything moving along smoothly. Yeah. Uh so I'm going to 
<clears throat> I'm going to digress for just a second uh, about the whole software thing, just to make it clear to folks in listener land about how this really works behind the scenes. So you may have been at events, dear listener, where uh, the events split and you had like A and B or they labeled them like Jeskai and Sultai or whatever they labeled them. The whole reason that happens is 100 percent. Well, okay, I'm going to call it 90% software-driven and uh, 10% uh, human-being-driven, but it's mostly the software. The software that we have for running large tournaments, this is not an easy problem to make software that can actually do this. And the software that we have right now, uh, it's showing its age because it was not written in an era when we actually thought that 5,000 people at a GP was a thing that would happen. So it has an upper limit of uh, the highest table number that any single piece of software can handle is table 999. It cannot go above a 1,000. So that means you cannot have more than 2,000 people in a single event. You can't see the scare quotes right there. So uh, the whole reason we split is that. It's not because we don't want you to be able to play against that guy, and that's why we put you in different flights. No, no, no. It's, it's software-driven. There is new software in development to help remedy this problem, but it is not ready yet. And the last thing we're going to do is try it on a day when we have 10,000 people. (laughs) That would be such a monumental mistake. It's actually hard to imagine how bad that would be. We're not going to try anything that we're not ready for. And so, so yeah, so it's. So the software's a limitation and of course actual just data entry skill. Oh yeah. You know, I mean it's there there the if you if you just measure this in terms of number of keystrokes and speed of that and then um you know and then also error rate, right? These are human beings who occasionally make mistakes, but the folks we have doing scorekeeping have incredibly low error rates and I certainly could never do this. I, you know, I've, yeah. I can score keep a PTQ maybe, you know, under the old system. But, uh, but man, that I, I am, I admire the people who are able to do this. It's just, it's crazy that, that they are so, they're so amazingly skilled. It's yeah. I worth- mean, if you crunch the numbers, right? Let's assume that you've got a 2500 player. GP. You've got a 2,500 player event. Let's assume that you have all of the results whenever you need them, and you start entering them. In a 50 minute round, you have, what, two seconds per slip to get those in? It's less than two seconds per slip? Only as, as I'm sure you know, they're not distributed even. No, good right? God, no. Because you have 15 minutes where where you're entering in a couple from the people who, you know, who, who drew or whatever, right? But but most of the slips are coming in in just the last few minutes. Yeah. And of course, they're not coming in in any particular order either. Nope. And so, you know, we can have a scorekeeper assistant put them in order, but still there's going to be gaps. You're jumping around, um, from tape, you know, and it, it, you, you can't just have them in numerical order. It's, it is a difficult, difficult task. Oh, and, and then, and here, another tip for players. Another thing you can do to make our lives easier. Fill out your match result slip correctly the first time. Oh yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a little line for how many wins you had and a little line for how many wins your opponent had. There should be a number on both of those lines. There shouldn't just be a two. What, what, what was it? Two one? Was it two oh? Now I have to track you down and find that out. And then you should both sign it. So. And for the love of God, please, please, please. Don't write the word no in the drop line. That's right. The drop line, just leave it blank if you don't want to drop. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, of course, when we're going fast, particularly, you know, if you're somebody who's not a good scorekeeper like me, and of course, I, no, I'm not going to come anywhere close to scorekeeping a Grand Prix, but if, if I'm going through and I'm going as quickly as I can and I see ink on that line, it's really easy to just click drop and then, oops, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's really not the player's fault because they didn't know, um, but man, it, uh, it, it, it slows everything down. Yeah, sure does. Wow. So what else do you want to know about? Oh man, you know, I, I could probably talk to you for hours and hours and hours about this kind of stuff, but that's the kind of person I am. Um, so <laughs> I, I think a while back we started to talk about what sorts of side events we were looking at and we never oh, and quite got, got there. You, and then I got you off track. Yes. Yeah. I apologize. So, so the side event schedule is, uh, it's obviously focused on Modern Masters 2, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. As soon as I found out we'd have enough product to do that, um, you know, and, and that of course was a major question is, will we have enough packs to do that? Um, then, you know, then that had to be the major focus. We, we do have scheduled side events in almost every form, in almost every format. There's, you know, there, there's a couple missing, but basically we, you know, there's no tiny generals or whatever, but. Uh, tiny leaders, yeah. I'm sorry, tiny leaders, sorry. But, uh, but yeah, it's, but there's basically, there's basically everything. But, um, yeah, but it's for this one, we we really figure people are coming to play Modern Masters 2. And so let's give people as many opportunities to do that. And there's there's just there's a ton of them. Um I do think, you know, I've mentioned pre-registration a bunch of times. And why why I I'm hitting that so hard is I really do believe that there's people who are coming who don't want to play in the main, who want to play in sides, who wish really should uh who really should be registering now. Um, it's, it's not something people are used to doing, but if you can predict what you want and, and build your agenda, and who knows, maybe you're in Vegas, you want to go see a show or whatever. You can plan your day the way you want, um, and you don't have to worry about things selling out now, or you can, or you can wait. And I, I don't know. Maybe the sides don't all fill. Maybe there's still space. But maybe not. And my guess is that the sides are going to start. Once one of them fills and hits its cap, my guess is then they're all going to start going very Yeah, quickly. you're going to start to get a cascade. And you guys are doing a, a prize wall, right? You're doing prize tickets. Abs- absolutely. Although this one, so, you know, we really kind of pioneered the prize wall concept. And I, I'm, I'm quite a fan. But this time, as we sat down and started doing the math of it and how much, just how many tickets we're going to pass out and, and what we'd have to do. We, our concept, we're still calling it a prize wall, but it's really a prize store. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, that's part of why, you know, Channel Fireball's a TO of record for this one and having their resources is really going to be helpful because we are, we are going to set up a store where you can redeem your tickets for nearly anything in terms of magic. Um, we're, we're also going to have an express lane so that if you just want, you know, if you just want packs, you can zip through as quickly um, as you can. But other folks, you know, are going to want to, you know, look at the cards and, and, and take a lot of time to window shop. And we, the, the selection, once it gets announced, is just going to blow everybody away. All right. I, I see. I'm just looking at the website, which, by the way, it is it is GrandPrixVegas.com. It's real easy, but we will include that in the show notes because it's what we do. 
even though no one reads the show notes, but it'll be there. Uh, I, I can't help but notice that you do, in fact, have Homelands packs listed. So if that's your thing, if that's your jam, you can totally get, get ticks and go get some Homelands packs. And, you know, people want all kinds of things. And we're going to keep, we're going to keep, you know, adding to it. But it's, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the prize wall concept is, because I'm sure some folks haven't encountered it yet. The idea is, for years, I was trying to predict for a tournament, what prize do you want as a player, and then match that up with a format. And so maybe it's vintage, and you know, and 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 maybe you want power, or maybe you know, or maybe you don't. Maybe you just want packs, or maybe you know, I my ability, any person's ability to really predict what somebody is going to want as a prize is really is is really limited, because of course everybody wants something a little different, and this way. We give you tickets and then you can redeem your, your tickets as you choose instead of me trying to get, guess what you want and then sometimes giving you the wrong prize, you know, the prize that you're not that excited about. And this way players never have to, you know, take their prize and try and swap it with somebody else for something they want more. This way you just get what you want. Yeah. Uh, so before we wrap this up and let you go, there's there's one important thing that I wanted to ask you about, and that is, okay, so let's say I'm at the event and something goes wrong or uh, I want to give some feedback to someone. Who do I do that to? What what should I do as a player if I'm at the event and I either want to want to complain about something or I want to praise? Maybe I maybe I want to say somebody did a good job. What what do I do at the event? Who do I talk to? You're in the wrong community, buddy. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I like to live in magical Christmas land, so let's pretend. That... Well, they might want to praise you at the event, but, um, <laughs> so I think the, the first place to go, if you have a challenge, if there's something that's going on, um, that, you, that you would like to have changed, um, if it's within our, our ability to change it, right? Which, again, not everything is under our control, but if, um, the first place to start is in, there's three main doors leading into the hall and we're going to have customer service stations at each one of those. And then, so talking with the customer service folks and, um, and they're going to, they're going to have the ability to address most of the problems that, that I can foresee. Okay. Um, if they're not able to, to, to help you the way you want to, there's a customer service manager that you can talk to as well. Um, if, if for some reason, you know, if for some reason that doesn't do what you need to do, you're, you're welcome to talk with me. I, you know, I should say that sometimes getting my time on the floor of a GP, particularly if we're trying to run the, you know, what hopefully will be the biggest GP in history, you know, I, I may be running and, but I will, I will do my best to make time at the GP for anybody who needs to talk with me. Um, and certainly after the GP, or for that matter, before, if you need to, to chat with me, um, my, my email address, you can, you can either reach me at tim at cascadegames.com or just questions at cascade.com. Um, that's probably a better way to go than, than reaching out through, say, either Facebook or Twitter, because I'm, I'm, you know, most of the day I'm, I'm focused on email and I'll, I'll get back to people as quickly as I can. Um, I mean, hopefully there won't be, hopefully there won't be problems, but you know, with, with a large event, you never know. But we'll we'll do our best to take care of them. 
All right, and we will have links to both of those emails uh, in our show notes as well. Uh, but you know, the important thing I wanted I wanted folks out there to realize is that, uh, and the whole point of this show, honestly, is is to prove that the folks who are running these events love the game too. They love the events too. They they're here to try and make a good experience for you. And if if you have feedback for them, they'd like to hear it. So you know, I yeah I. You know, it's funny, right? Because things have grown so much. And I used to be able to be friends with and just know the majority of the players at an event. And and that's not possible anymore. So the feedback process used to be, you know, after, uh, you know, I'm a little fond of scotch and I would sit down and sip a scotch or or have a soda after an event or whatever and talk with people and they would, you know, and the players would, would be able to tell me what to do more of, less of, or whatever, what to change. Now things have gotten bigger and I, I, you know, I have a little reluctant, it's, I, I'm a little sad about that in some ways because I don't get the one-on-one time with players the way I used to. But yeah, I, I, I really do want to hear what we can do better, especially. Um, you know, I, I would, I'd prefer that people word it nicely. You know, there's, there, it's, it's easier for me to listen and easier for me to act on it when it's, uh, when it's say tempered nicely. But yeah, I want to, I want to know what we can do. And a lot of the best ideas that we have in terms of running events, um, are coming from players. Frankly, there's more players than there are judges and there's certainly more than there are tournament organizers. And just from the math of it, there's more good ideas among the players than there are among anybody else. So, you know, if, if people can, if people would be willing to spend a minute or two and tell me what, what we can do better, I, I, I absolutely want to hear that. Online pairings, getting a system to text you your table number. Uh, that is in progress. Uh, we're, so we should, I, I have every reason to believe that, um, that online pairings will be will will be up and and running for Vegas, texting um, table numbers and you know and frankly there's a bunch of there's a bunch of app based uh, there's a bunch of app based information systems, and I believe those are coming soon, but I can't tell you exactly when. Well, all right then. But I but I do hear that, and absolutely those are one of the things. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, because I just got to throw this out here. Which oh, is, no, please do. One of the things, you know, when I think about my job and I think about what I need to do, you know, there's, there, magic tournaments look an awful lot like how they looked, you know, 15 years ago. They're bigger. The, I think the judging's better. There's much more standardized. There's, there's, there's things that we've gotten better at. But one of the things we really need to do is we need to work hard to build electronics into our events. Um, we should be, you should be able to register, you know, just, when I buy a ticket for a movie theater, I, I can either buy one from the, uh, the person at the counter, I can buy one online, or I can just interact with a kiosk. We should, we need to, we need to hit at least that level of sophistication. Mm-hmm. We should have it, we should have apps that do, that give you everything you want to know, about the event and uh you know and all that stuff is coming um it's not it's not coming as fast as i would like but it's coming and we're going to work on it 
Oh, hey, another pro tip that you just reminded me of, though. So uh, one of the things that can drive a scorekeeper or uh, or a stage staff nuts is when the player walks up and says, hey, I want to sign up for XYZ. And they go, OK, give me your DCI number. And they go, uh, OK, look, chances are you you have in your possession somewhere your DCI number. If you don't ask your local game shop, which, by the way, you should be going to and supporting your local game shop. Ask your local game shop at FNM this week. Hey, what's my DCI number? Save it in your cell phone because it's the right number of digits to be a phone number. So just call it DCI number, save it in your contacts. For the love of God, don't call it because I don't know what area code that is. But still, you can just save it in your cell phone. And there you go. Pro tip from Clues to You. So that that's actually a good, well, go that's a good tip, Clues. But, I mean, you got to remember, they give you that sheet for, like, some people, you know, five years ago on a small, tiny little car that's easy to get lost. Right. And that's why I say the next time well, you're at your, your, yeah. at, you, at your local you're like shop. Scolding, you're, like, scolding people. For instance, you know, when you're at, I don't know, F&M or SCG States this weekend at Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina, it's a great shop. You should check it out. You can just ask the friendly judge staff, hey, what's my DCI number? And they'll look it up for you. I'm just saying you're mean. Okay, that's fine. I don't think I'm mean. I've just had. I don't think. I don't think you're mean, but it's. But it's the. You know, it's it's a it's the difference of which side of the counter you're on, right? Yeah. Because for for a player, right, asking to remember, you know, this random string of digits. Well, you know, I'm not great at remembering random strings of digits. On the other hand, we have to have them to to run events, and that's why that's why I think long term. Apps are really the answer here that it just, you know, we, we need to, instead of asking people, I mean, I don't remember very many phone numbers anymore. It's all just in my phone and we, we should, we should figure out a way to have all of this in an app that's convenient that automatically talks to the database and that way, and that way people don't have to remember. Right. All right. So is there anything else we want to hit before we let, uh, let Tim be on his way here tonight? I'm good. All right. Well, I I have to say it it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, sir. Uh we will put some of these links here in our show notes. Uh anything else you'd like to plug any other uh, other than Vegas? What what other events have we got in store from Cascade Games? So, um boy, what do we have coming up? So, Vegas really is my focus right now. And remember, please register for the side events. It will be awesome. But uh then the next, the next one, um, you know, I, I don't know if many of your listeners are, are going to make it to Copenhagen, but Copenhagen's coming up after that. And then we will do San Diego Comic Con, which is one of my absolute favorites. Um, uh, so we'll, you so we'll get me tickets. <laughs> um, let's, let's chat later, but, uh, so San Diego Comic Con is awesome. Um, and clues, you should come out and judge. And then, uh, and then after that, you know, we'll, we'll have packs. And then closely after packs, we're going to have, um, Grand Prix San Diego. And again, with the, uh, we, we really do have a super fun, um, a, a super fun hook for both San Diego and then, and then Seattle after that. So I think people are really going to like those Grand Prix. All so right. I guess that, that's what's coming up. All right. Great. Well. Thank you again so much. Uh, no, no, for, thank you for joining us. I, it's great to get. I, a chance I did have to one quick question for you. Too. Sure. Cascade Games. No, is that a game store like online or e-commerce or something, or is that just like your company name to plan events? So I started. So I 
I, 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 when I, I went quick through my background and I've, I've had several game stores, but what happened was that I was running a game store in Portland and events got just bigger and bigger and more, you know, and there just wasn't time to do that and run a store. And so I closed my store, man, it's, I don't know, it's must've been, it's probably been eight or nine years ago. And, and so, so I no longer, I used to be a retailer. I'm no longer a retailer and, and, and I miss it sometimes. I really liked having a store, but this, but having, being able to run events without having a store means that I'm never in, there's never a conflict between me and local retailers, right? I'm not, they're not worried that I'm, you know, going to run an event and, and quote, steal all their players or anything like that. I, I'm, I'm able to partner with, with the retailers and work with them. And so I, I kind of like it this way. Although there's a piece of me that would really like to have a store again. I just, you know, I don't know, maybe when I retire. Okay. All right. Well, I hope everyone has enjoyed uh, hearing from Tim, hearing a little bit of the TO side of things. I know we all look forward to Vegas. I will definitely be there. I'm on staff and judging. I don't know. Rich, you going to join us? Going to be there? Eh? No. Oh. Married. Yeah. Well, see, look, you just marry another judge and you both make staff. Voila. It's perfect. So just so you know, people clues is condoning me to divorce my wife i am not i'm trying to get you to make your wife a judge and also she doesn't even play she ain't gonna judge well uh, depending on who you ask judges can't play but that's that's not true anyway if you would like to give us some feedback there are a variety of ways you can do that of course uh you can find us on our website which is cardadvantagecast.com you can find us on the twitters we are at card advantage and of course you can email us at mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com and if you want to hit me directly uh the best way to do that I would love to hit you Okay, well, come on out to Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great shop. You should check it out this weekend where we will be having SCG States. Uh, but if you want to connect with me, you can do so. The best way is probably Twitter. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. My hand would love to connect with you, Clues. Man, I don't know what I did to deserve all of this, all of this ire. Well, what if people want to reach you, Rich? What about that? Um, find me on Twitter at MindMage. The A in Mage is a four. Once again, spelled just like it is in the show notes. So thanks again, Tim. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time.